We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Well, 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 yes, indeed, it is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. We are the Bible Information Brokers team. I'm one of the teammates. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton, and I'll be introducing the other teammates momentarily. But right now, I'm just going to ask and pray that you would pray with me about the broadcast. Oh, did I forget to say? Happy Father's Day. Boy, I bet you if it was Mother's Day, everybody would be getting on my case by now. So, happy Father's Day. So, why don't we uh, go to the Father, we call our Heavenly Father, in a word of prayer and dedicate this broadcast to Him. Father God, um, our Creator, loving Father, you created us all, but we're all not your children. We're going to talk about that. We want to understand that, Father God, that when we come to you and pray, when we come to you and speak, believing that you do exist and believing that we diligently seek you and your reward are those that do so, we do diligently and we have diligently sought you out. And then you, Father God, by your power and by your spirit, gave us the wherewithal to do so. Because we wouldn't do that on our own. We're going to talk about all those type of things. This format that you've given us, this question and answer format where... The Bible Information Booker team, our teammates, and the listening audience, our teammates, join together and try to learn about you. And we do understand that there's both believer and unbeliever that may be listening to this broadcast. And we recognize that. We recognize the responsibility that we have to cut it straight. To do it with gentleness and respect, as our opening talks about. But nonetheless, give them what you say. Give them what thus saith the Lord, what thus saith God, what thus saith our Heavenly Father about the question that may be asked. So we just ask and pray that everyone under the sound of our voices that are listening in, that they will participate in some way, form, or fashion, either by continually praying during the broadcast about having a broadcast that would be honoring to you, for those that would call in with questions, and for us that on this side, the teammates that would answer that question if we know the answer from you. And only from you. And that's why we dedicate this broadcast to you for your glory, for your honor. And guess what, Lord? Even by doing that, we might be edified. And we do it because of Jesus Christ's authority by the power of the Holy Spirit. We come to you. Amen. Well, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never listened to this broadcast before, it is a live presentation. And I'll be introducing the teammates momentarily, but I'm going to give you, the listening audience, an opportunity to participate. And you can do so by calling a toll-free number at 888-995-5552 is the number. 888-995-5552. And would you be so kind, as soon as the phone is answered, if you can just get right into your question, get your question out after we get your name and the city where you're calling from, get right into your question. We want to take as many questions as we can tonight. The more questions, the better. 
Yeah, there is no silly question that can be asked if it's on your mind. If you have a thought, a question about something, we want to give you a biblical response. So, again, call right now. Be one of the first to call this wonderful Father's Day in 2022, 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. If you happen to be listening by way of Internet, um, then I'm going to ask that you, if you're on Facebook, to simply check in, you know, like a little roll call like you do in school. Check in, type your name in there that you're there, send an emoji, just let us know that you're out there. And if you'd be so kind as right now, just share the broadcast with a few thousand of your friends so that all over the world people may have an opportunity to listen in just like you're doing right now. So if you're on Facebook, simply write your question or type your question in that way. If you have um, still online, you want to send us an email question, you can do so. If you want to send us a tweet or a messenger question, you can do so. All those other formats other than a phone number is Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers for email, Facebook, tweet, or messenger questions. So please go ahead and start getting those questions lined up in the queue, and we want to have a seamless show and answer as many questions as we can. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you the other teammates. If you haven't listened to us before, but if you've listened to us for any length of time, you know that we have our dear friend, good buddy, Brian Allen in the studio. Brian, how you doing, brother? Doing well, Daryl. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing good, man. Amen. Doing good. It was such a beautiful day out here in sunny California. I didn't get the weather of other places, and I'm not doing this to tease anybody that may be having some inclement weather. But, man, it's such a beautiful thing to live out here in California. Uh, even, you know, even how you say it? Regardless of the ten or twelve dollars hour, uh, twelve dollars a gallon gas is that what gas costs now? Uh, it's up there. Yeah, it's there, there, up there. There, are few, there are a few pla- few more places that hit seven bucks. I'm glad my little world lives in the, like a little over three mile radius. I can get things done. When you get older, you you know you kind of tighten things up. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we do appreciate this beautiful that we have out here in California. And also, without further ado, telephonically speaking, I'm going to introduce our other teammate. That's Professor Craig Hawkins, who I still and will continue until the Lord brings me home to affectionately call him PCH. PCH, how you doing, sir? I'm doing okay, Daryl. So you're still telephonically with us? (laughs) (laughs) That's two. (laughs) Well, guys, I hope you guys had a great Father's Day, man, and everything like that. And, you know, this is the day. I'm sorry. Before, as we get in the call set up, when I see you, Robert and uh, Javis, we're going to get to your calls momentarily. But, guys, this is the day where it's, I don't know, it's not not like a little petty jealousy, but it's almost like Father's Day is almost like one of those things where, oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, it's Father's Day. Uh, Man, it's, you know, okay, happy Father's Day. And it's not as seriously taken. I don't see a whole lot of people selling things on the side of the street and stuff like that on Father's Day. Brian, are you and Craig um, uh, perturbed about that at all? No, not at all. It's funny. I heard like You're not sensitive to that. Father's at all? Day is like so I was saying like out of all the holidays, it's like at the lower at the bottom pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's like the I don't know twenty something, mo, uh, you know, on the list of of holidays. You mean it's, it's twenty one out of twenty? Right about there, <laughs> exactly. PC, but, you have but, a, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Bro. No, but 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 what was good? Which I'm, it's going to be an annual thing now. Uh, we all went out on Saturday, the day before Father's Day. Restaurants were empty, didn't have to got wait. The, got a good deal. And, fr- <laughs> and from now on, I told him, I said, Father's Day, we're celebrating on Saturday. Not we'll just chill out on Sunday, but Saturday, that's when you guys want to take me out, do all that kind of stuff. It's going to be on Saturday, not on Sunday. What do you mean, if they want to take you out? Anyway, I won't deal with that. PCH, what about you? So you have any thoughts on that before we go to our phone calls? 
Yeah, it's almost like a token holiday. A token? What are you talking about this tokenization, man? It is a token. <laughs> yeah, it's like Father's Day. And then, by the way, can you get that done? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess it is. But I tell you what, guys. You know, we're we're not upset about it. We we do understand the the, the times that we're in, but we but we have a father that's not going to be ignored, uh, and we're going to talk about him a little bit later on. And like I said in my prayer, uh, he's the creator of us all, but he's not the daddy of us all. And we're going to have an opportunity to talk about that maybe. But guys, let's do this. Um, let's get into these phone calls again, ladies and gentlemen. You can join us, please. Please take an opportunity to join us with your open honest questions. We do want to give you a biblical response. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number. Our Bible info brokers for every other format: Facebook, email, tweet, or messenger. Guys, let's take it to the city uh, where Robert is. Robert, what city are you calling from? The Valley. The Valley, San Fernando Valley, SFV. Yes. All right, yes. Robert. Thanks for calling in. Valley. Uh, first of all, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Very good. Thank you, sir. Uh, I have a question. Uh, uh, Michelle's a dick. I, I, you, by the way, I've been listening to you guys since, gosh, I think either 2009 or 2012, somewhere in that area. And I've never called. I've called in like four times, and it's all been this year, in all those years. But thank you. You're on a roll. You're on a good roll. Congratulations, Robert. Thank you. Well, it's questions that, you know, I can't find any answer to. So, you know, and I know you three seem to be the most brilliant people out there. I mean, I, I know that you have competition in some places, but uh, I can't find any competition. But my question is this. Michelle's a dick. Speaking of fathers, Father Abraham. So Father Abraham tithed Michelle's a dick. So that means Michelle's a dick must have been, who knows? Uh, I mean, it's not clear to anyone. Are there any books, any references that are not canon that uh, – Either three of you or the professor would know that we're people that, because we should be interested. How did he get left out of the Bible? Was it just a quirk of history? And um, it's just fascinating to me. I mean, he's become a fascinating character, and I'll tell you why. My friend just returned from Costa Rica, which caught Michelle back up in my life. Mm. And my friend is a um, dresses like a million dollar a year top executive. You know, spends a couple hundred thousand dollars a year in clothes. Wow. And while he was at a five-star hotel over there, he saw a guy in a white suit from across the room, white hair, and very distinguished. And he was fascinated with his clothing. And so he walked up to the guy, and the guy appeared to be extremely old. But he was barefooted. So he struck up a conversation with the guy, and he said he was from the Order of Michelzebik. Hmm. And my friend had come back and was so fascinated by this, he was talking to me about this over lunch just the other day. And I thought, well, I never heard of the order of Michelzevic. Maybe the professor has, but it got me back into Michelzevic. Who was Michelzevic, and how could Father Abraham possibly be tithing someone? Uh, so Michelzevic must have been more powerful or more distinguished than Abraham, which is, I don't want to be blasphemous, but it seems that way. Interesting. And then the other thing, I have a comment, maybe you guys should know this. I told you I wanted to get back into going to church. I called you several months ago, and you guys recommended Core Church in Los Angeles because, remember, I said I wanted to go to a church that was completely non-political because, you know, I went to one church, and it was very liberal, and then I went to another church, and it was extremely conservative, and I thought, where can I go? And you guys recommended Core Church to go to one that's not political. And this pastor, Steve Wilburn, wow, was he on fire for Christ. This guy witnesses 
at Taco Bell's in and out. I mean, he's on fire. And now I know his background. You know, witness the prostitutes in the streets of Miami. He's the real deal. However, that being said, <laughs> oh my gosh, is he political? I, 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 I haven't found a more political preacher in Los Angeles. God bless him for his political views. But, you know, I think he's running a lot of people away from his church by being political. Because, you know, as you know, we're a divided country. I'm just apolitical because I worked for the government at one time, and I, I took my orders from the Constitution, so I stay out of politics. That's why I was looking for a church. So I just want to make that comment okay. for future reference. We appreciate that. Let's get what to Melchizedek. What a, what a great preacher. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. Hey, let's get back to Melchizedek. It happened to be my second son's one of his middle names. Um, PCH, what about this this Melchizedek guy? And I like that story about from Costa Rica. I was just out there about a month and a half ago, and uh, it's an interesting place. PCH, Melchizedek, what say you? Well, sure. We can only go so far with this, but like we can try. I mean, he is mentioned in the Bible, so he's not left out. He's just not given the place maybe that we thought he might have. I want to come back to that, but he is mentioned in Psalm. The Psalms mentions him. And, of course, he is in the New Testament as well. For example, Hebrews chapter 7. And, of course, it's not blasphemy. Blasphemy, by the way, really is, is insulting God. That Technically, that's what blasphemy means. You can't really blaspheme anybody else but God. But But at any rate, uh, he, he was greater than Abraham because it talks about Abraham tithing to him, and then the idea is he says, and so and figuratively, the, the author of Hebrews tells us that the Levites and, and David and everybody else ties to him because they're still in the loins, or they're still the you know the to come about through through Abraham. So he certainly was great, and so you. You, you might ask, well, if he's so great, why isn't he mentioned more? Because he's not the central theme of the Bible. Because everybody's expendable. The only reason people are mentioned is that they contribute. I, I can't say the only reason, but I would argue the main reason is that they are. We're all expendable. They, they're there because they're they're in the in the story of redemption, the scarlet thread of redemption. So. Abraham's importance, I mean, although he was a great man, and there were many, many people mentioned in the Bible, well, of course, some infamously, you know, so not great, but in, or infamously great, uh, but but because they contribute to the story, and I don't mean that in some loose, non-literal sense, but they contribute to the to the gospel narrative, they contribute to uh, the under, our understanding of the lineage of Christ, and what who he was, and why he has the authority to, to be our Savior and to die for our sins and to justify us. So Melchizedek doesn't really play into that, and he has some parallels, although he's not Jesus. Some people say, well, he's actually Jesus. No, it says he's like Jesus, uh, and Jesus was similar to him. Uh, I'm not like myself. I am myself. There's a great a book called The Scriptures Testify of Me, the Scriptures Testify of Me, edited by D.A. Carson, and in there there's a chapter on Melchizedek, and it's one of the better ones I've certainly read uh, on Melchizedek. And So having said that, Robert, yeah, wish we knew more, sure, nothing wrong with that, nothing wa- wrong with wanting to know more, but we don't. And so I'm, I'm not really uh, um, 
Well, let me say this. There are at least one Mormon organization that's called the Order of Melchizedek. So oh, yeah. I'm not sure if this guy belongs to that. Uh, Mormons often will say, oh, there's only, you know, you have all these divisions in the church, and we only have one. That's not true. Uh, besides the organized and the LDS out of Salt Lake City, there's there's over, over 200, and one of them is one called uh, something to the effect of the Order of Melchizedek. So... I can't say for sure since I didn't get to ask the guy, but it may well be that that's what he was referring to. And I just say this, I don't want to discourage you in your hunt for information on him. I think that's it's great. But sometimes you have to realize that for whatever reason, God's not giving us more information. And sometimes when we look for information, and I'm just, just saying this, is that it, we, it's kind of like a, a, an airplane running out of, runway, out of runway. There's only so much, and, we, and then we start finding stuff, and it's all just total speculative and, and what have you. So nothing wrong with looking, but I'm just not aware of any other historical material on Melchizedek other than, in fact, the Bible, at least the two or three references in the Old and New Testament. And, and again, I think one last time, the chapter on Melchizedek by D.A. Carson in the book, The Scriptures Testify of Me, I think it's really helpful. So I hope I hope that helps, Robert. Yeah, Robert, I hope you got that message. We did uh, lose Robert for a second there, and um, well, I'll be able to direct him to the um, the information we gave on the first caller, obviously, on the broadcast for the night. But uh, we appreciate that. And um, any comment, guys, on the... Um, I'll have one quick comment for anybody and everybody about a political church that's going to be apolitical or not political. We've talked about this a little bit before in the past, and I'll just simply say this. The Bible is, is replete. If you're not, if you're looking for a church to go to that doesn't talk about the issues of the day, the political issue, I worked for the government the majority of my adult life. And, uh, you know, I swore oath to the Constitution and all that stuff that I did as well. But I, I do want to hear a, a preacher. I do want to hear ministries like ours and like anybody else that has a, not an opinion, but a, a talk from a biblical perspective about the things that are going on in the world today, which is very much very political. So I would just have a, a disagreement with Robert. I mean, not with, that he wants to look for that type of church. Um, good luck in finding one. I just don't know if they, it exists, but well, again, good luck. Well, unfortunately, I'm aware of one. I've attended one for a while. That they they go out of their way to never mention anything political, and I, and I appreciate where Rob is coming from. But I, I, yeah, I have a different perspective. I would argue, how can you not do politics? All churches do politics, even if they say nothing. And I know churches that say nothing. They literally no information on candidates, no information on ballot measures, uh, nothing. Don't even talk even about the elections coming up or what have you everything you possibly could do. But that's like saying someone says, well, I, I just, I'm neutral. No, nobody's neutral like on ethics. Everybody has a position. There's no default neutral position. They just assume because it's like the person says, well, abortion, I, I, uh, I, I don't really have a view. I'm not going to, or I have a view, but I won't tell other people. They think that's not a position, but that is a, a position. You think it's okay enough for people, some people to be able to do it. That'd be like me saying, well, slavery. Personally, I wouldn't own a slave, but if others want to do, who am I to tell them? <laughs> like, you've just rationalized it. So I, I know, Robert, you're coming at this from a different perspective, but I, I'm going to say everybody has a political perspective. I think you're just talking about the explicit what have you. And I would argue one of the problems with the Church, actually, and we've had people try to chastise us, and we're getting political, and I'm like, 
man, if you don't like the program, don't, not you, Robert, but others, don't listen. Uh, what do you mean political? Are you kidding me? I have a moral responsibility to vote my conscience. I am Caesar, and I'm, by that I mean you are, and we all are. God's going to hold us accountable. People had this view of all oh, the Old Testament, you know, or early on New Testament, you have kings or emperors or whatever, and you got to do what they say. Look, this is, and it's not a democracy. These people quit saying that. We're a representative form of government. That's what we are. You and know, we, but we are the authorities, and God, I believe God's going to hold us accountable. And I believe some Christians are be chagrined when they get to heaven, and God's like, why didn't you speak out on this injustice? Why didn't you do anything? Why didn't you get involved? Now, not just vote. I want to pray like mad. I'm going to trust God like mad. But that includes voting and being, hopefully, a responsible citizen. You know, one thing I want to add to that is the fact that when things take place politically, so to speak, let's talk about abortion, Roe v. Wade. Let's talk about uh, other issues. Well, you have to look at, well, what does the Bible say about that? So when you look at what the Bible says about whatever that issue is, you know, you can't help but be, if you want to call that political, you know, you can't help but be political when it comes to issues that uh, that come up in our government. The Bible says test all things. And what are we tested by? We tested by the word of God. So if someone says, what do you think about abortion? Well, what does the Bible say about abortion? Okay, and and you, you, how other way can you do it? You know what I'm saying? I do. And uh, again, I would simply say this in general, or rather it's about any any discussion about anything. An indecision is a decision. Sure. A non-talk is a talk. If something is going on in, in life and you don't speak on it because you're trying to be a you know, political, as it were, in a, in, a, in a particular situation like church or what have you, or in anything. It's like, you know, oh, we don't talk about that here. We don't talk about politics and religion in this house. Oh, we don't? <laughs> well, you know, you know, for the person that says, I don't have an opinion, not having an opinion is an opinion, is an opinion period. Indeed. Well, I have a phone number. And that number is 888 which people can call in uh, right now, 888 We have some open lines. Give us a call right now. We want to get your name, your city where you're calling from, and get right into your question. Let's get as many questions as we can. And for those of you that are on Internet, then we have a couple of formats, Facebook, email, Tweet or Messenger, all those formats are Bible Info Brokers. Bible Info Brokers is the address for all those formats. And send us your question by those various platforms. And we do have a couple uh, Facebook questions. Okay, well, let's well. do this. Um, whenever you get a uh, Facebook question set up, but before we do that, let's go to um, another caller. Let's talk with, is it Javis, if I'm saying it right, Javis? Yes. Javis, what city are you calling from? Pasadena. Okay, very good. Jeffers, thanks for uh, holding on and calling in. What's your question for the night, sir? My question is, do Christians ever sin? And if they do sin, what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to immediately ask God to forgive them, get the sin under the blood, and stop doing it, right? It's interesting that phraseology you use, get it under the blood. Sound like you have a little leaning towards what should we be doing, right? I like the way you said that, Robert. I, I really do, Javis, the way you said that question. And I would simply say this. I'll raise my hand be the one of the first ones to say I, I still do sin. And uh, when I do sin, I, I do something like you just said, Javis. Um, uh, I go to this God who is faithful and just to forgive me for all my sins if I'm, I'm going to confess it. I'm going to confess it, which means I'm going to say that it is sin. I'm going to say what God says about the situation I'm dealing with. 
confess it, go to him sincerely, repent from it, and I know that he's faithful and just to uh, cleanse me from all unrighteousness and take care of that particular sin. And I would just simply say this about any and all sin that Christians deal with. If you're dealing with a sin and you're not struggling, then you may not be dealing with a sin properly. If you're dealing with a sin, I would simply say the, the big word for me is practice. And the second big word for me is repent. Brian Craig? Okay. No, to- totally agree with okay. you, Daryl. You, know, you know, the Bible says uh, if we say we don't sin, uh, yeah. well, the truth isn't in us, period. Yeah, yeah. Because we all do sin as Christians. But Daryl just hit it right on the head. You know, when we do sin, we go to our Father and we ask for forgiveness of that sin, truly, truly repent of that sin, not just say it, but repent of it. And it's uh, it's very important what Daryl said. You know, if, if you're if you're sinning and you don't feel nothing, you don't feel remorse, you don't feel any guilt, you don't. It's not bothering you, then um, you know. Then you know there, there's some issues in that that need to be taken right. care of. So um, so by all means, yes, we sin. Yes, we have an advocate uh, to go to to ask for the forgiveness of our sins, repent, and we go on with our battle. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. Uh, Javis, appreciate your call. PCA, do you want to talk anything about that real quick? Well, First John is what Brian was referring to, right. chapter 1, tells us, and, and First John is not written, I mean, it applies to non-Christians, but it was written to Christians, and he says we make, uh, we're lying. We make God out to be a liar if we say we don't sin. So he's talking to Christians, and we uh, he says on just to keep on cleansing us. So we're forgiven, but we want to constantly appropriate that forgiveness. And nobody wants to be taken for granted, and for our own good, we need to homologeo, to confess, mm. to say the same thing, to agree, yes, I sinned, I messed up, God, I'm asking for forgiveness, and to appropriate the forgiveness. I mean, imagine your marriage and your family. You may know that they're going to forgive you when you sin against them, but if you don't ask for forgiveness, that's not going to go well. And we all know that, because let me just turn the the, the issue around is when people sin against us and they don't repent and they don't ask for forgiveness. Doesn't it hurt? Doesn't it bother us? Well, of course it does. And so the wise person, yeah, appropriates the forgiveness God gives us and doesn't take it for granted. But indeed, again, First John 1, it's no other chapter, tells us if we claim to be without sin, speaking to believers, we're liars and the truth is not in us. So yes, we do sin, and as you guys have both said, and we repent, and God is always gracious and good to forgive us. A triple man, a triple man. Brian, you have a Facebook question for us or email? Uh, yeah, let me get back there. Um, uh, let me see. And as Brian is looking for that question, it I just is. remind the audience that you listen to Living by the Word Ministries. Presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. Give us a call, 888-995-5552. 888-995-5552. Facebook, email, tweet, messenger. All those formats of Bible Info Brokers, Bible Info Brokers, to be able to send us a question. We do want to give you as many answers as we can today, so please participate. My favorite, One of my favorite P words on this broadcast, and we get your questions asked and answered. Again, number 888-995-5552, B? Yeah, Daryl, can you look it up? It's not, I had it, and it's not coming up Okay, well, right let, now. let's do this, because I'm, I'm having a little issue with my little mousey here. And so what I'm going to do is go to Christine in Pasadena and get her question going and see if we can do some in-studio work here. Christine, Pasadena, thanks for holding on and calling Hi. in. 
Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, yes, we can. Hey, Thank Christine. You, okay, good. Okay, hi. Hi, Brian. Miss you. How's it going with work? Very busy, huh? <laughs> yeah, we don't, we, we, don't, don't, we, we don't, don't use that word on with, with retired people. Oh, no. That's right. Those other guys are working. I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's just... Starting to slow up a little bit, but it's been um, it's been unbelievable. So, oh good. But uh, so we're we're gonna okay, like well, I, you got my email about June, and we're yes, gonna get, we're, we're gonna go. We're gonna uh, start up again in July. You said that is correct. Okay, good. Looking forward to it. Anyway, my question since you know I've been I've been I'm finally finished the uh, book of Matthew, and I had one question in Matthew twenty six uh, twenty eight. And it's 29, and it's Jesus speaking. He says, For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many of the remission of sins. And then this is my question. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I was just wondering if you guys could just explain what that means when he says, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until... PCH, what is what is that coming from, Christina? Matthew twenty six twenty nine. Matthew twenty six twenty nine. Yeah. Okay. Good. Very good. Yeah. Well. well mm-hmm. No, it's it's wine. It's it's in in the seder. It's in the past the Passover in the in the in the meal that they had wine. They didn't have grape juice. Um, that's what it is. And Christ is saying he will not. And and, and people they can try to. Uh, downplay this, but I would argue it is wine. That's oinos. It's the, when it refers to it otherwise, it's what it is. It's not grape juice. Um, and it's wine, and Christ is just saying he will not drink wine until until literally we have the celebration, the marriage supper of the Lamb. So that's what it's, uh, it's referring to. Um, he's not... Huh. So tra- translation, he's not partaking of communion now. Uh, he, not that we're, we should, we're supposed to, yes, absolutely. Uh, but he will, he will not partake of the fruit of the vine, wine, and in this case, uh, the idiom for wine, until, uh, until the resurrection, until the, the marriage supper of the, of the Lamb. So that, that's what I would argue that's what that's referring to. Mm-hmm. Huh. Remember, Jesus is Jesus is a glorified human. I mean, he is he's fully God, like the Father and the Holy Spirit. But he's also the only member of the Trinity who's fully human. And Jesus can eat food and drink. I mean, that, and indeed, you may argue in one sense he it, it's a, it's a necessity in one sense because he is fully human, uh, whereas the Father is not human, nor is the Holy Spirit. But he is the God man, fully human, fully divine. And as such, he can eat and drink. Mm-hmm. And he does. Huh. <laughs> Even in that glorified state. That's, now that's, that's something, Craig. Let me ask, let's just expound on that real quickly. Help me understand the best, uh, you know, best you can, I guess. When, when Jesus was in his glorified state, uh, didn't he even eat fish at that time, too? Uh, yeah. Some the, the, yeah, so it's going to be some grubbing. The mm-hmm. reason why I'm saying that, Craig, is for you and me. I know, you know, Brian, you know, he doesn't do it like we do it, but it's going to be a glorified body, and we're still going to be able to eat. I, 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 these are some interest, interesting thoughts that come through my head. You know, well, uh, indeed, as you said, we'll have to eat, not just can. We'll yeah, have to. have to, indeed, indeed. Christina, well, Christine, th- go ahead. No, uh, I, I just saw on, face, on Facebook, Christine, you had another question. You said, uh, first, is your Facebook. Last week. Yeah, is your Facebook page down? Brian, you are so right when you say that reading the Bible, we will have questions. You mentioned that last week. I did. Oh, you did, did last week? Out. Okay. Because I'm quick like that. You know, I'm old, but I'm quick. Christine, thank you very much I for that phone call. 
Yeah, the answer is on last week's show. I never saw the answer. It, it should be okay. on la- next I'll, last I'll, week's show. I'll listen to it then. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, thank you guys. All right now. God bless. Thanks, Christine. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number. Folks, if you're listening in to us right now, please participate. If you're not going to call in, pray for this broadcast to go seamless, that things will go, questions we're going to ask and answer that the Lord wants out there, that people can grow in their most holy faith of their believers, that people can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If they're not, people that are agnostic can get their question answered so that the latter can happen, that it's all about Jesus, folks. It's all about the Lord. It's all about our Father. This being Father Day, uh, matter of fact, Joy, before we get to your question, let me ask this question real quick, Craig and Brian, about uh, God the Father. In the Old Testament, they try to give God as though he's not some kind of loving God. He's just a God of war, blood, and thirst, and all that type of stuff. And he's got some kind of different God in the New Testament. Craig and Brian, can you expound on on that? Is that true, not true, somewhat true, or what? God of the Old Testament is somewhat different than the God of the New Testament, specifically in regards to, like I said, a God of war or bloodthirstiness because of all the sacrificing and all the this, or even almost like an egotistical God as opposed to a loving God in the New Testament. I guess my question would be if he's such as evil uh, person and I not, say evil, not evil, but <laughs> just wants to just shed blood and all that. Why would he send his son to die for our sins so we can have eternal life? Blood yeah. shedding again, someone say out there. But look look at what that blood shedding has done. Yeah, well, that, that's a bunch of love, dude. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's a bunch of love. Sounds sound like one of those mature answers. Craig, you got anything that uh, can kind of lead us and guide us into that, too? I hear you saying, O'Brien, I agree with you as well. Well, yeah, that, that, that's a misnomer. It's a, a misconception, and, and some people misunderstand the passage in John when it talks about you know grace and truth. It's coming by Jesus as if God is somehow just wrathful in the Old Testament, and he's a nice guy, kind of like has an attitude adjustment in the New Testament. Not true. Uh, the word hesed, the loving kindness, the mercy, the grace of God, was used a number of times, and God delights to show mercy, we're told, in the Old Testament. Also, I think of passages like this, of many that we could cite, if we had more time, from Isaiah 40, verse 11, Referring to God, it says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries those close, carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. So there clearly is the picture of a nurturing shepherd, and, and, and this is a picture of God. So it's all the above. People tend to caricature or fixate on one extreme or the other, or one side or the other of God's attributes. And God is holy and righteous, and he does just sin, and nothing's changed. And Jesus, the same meek and mild Jesus, called the Pharisees snakes and vipers. He threw money changers out of the temple. Uh, Ekbalo is a Greek word. I mean, literally, I mean, it shows all kinds of righteous indignation, not not just losing your temper, not some, you know, wrath in the sense of sinful behavior, but godly anger. And yet we see love, but we see the same thing in the Old Testament. It's a consistent picture. This was, there were, early on there were some guys in what are called proto-Gnostics and others and types, and there were people, and some said that, yeah, that the God of the Old Testament is different. He's some wrathful deity, and then there's the mm. God 
of the New Testament. Uh, so that idea has been around for a while, but I would argue that's a misreading of the Bible and not taking the full Bible in context, because as I just mentioned, there's all kinds of passages that talk about God being righteous and holy and not tolerating sin in the Old and New Testament, and then many passages talking about the loving kindness of God in the Old and the New Testament. I appreciate that, PCH. You know, again, this being Father's Day, I'm going to come leading that in there. I'm going to mention as much as I can, but not overdo it. In regards to how people view uh, God um, as just, you know, who he is, and I'm, I'm glad you uh, clarified that. You know, David's on Facebook, and David was saying he wanted to support us financially because you guys help more than the government. But you know what, folks? Uh, I think it's a good segue into saying something like this. And before I do that and throw this over to Brian, uh, the same day we want to know, Craig, um, he says, by the way, you guys have proven an invaluable resource as someone who is trying to keep the faith while in a University of California university where professor got his degree. PCH, uh, can you just remind the people where you got your degrees from and how is it important that when people are in college mm-hmm. that they speak up and know what they're talking about? So that's why broadcasts like this is important and people really getting into the word of God to know what it means and why you believe what you believe or get those questions answered if you don't feel comfortable with the answer that you have. Well, I went to a number of schools. I got my first bachelor's I have a background in philosophy and classical history from UCI. It was rated top 13 at the time in the, in the nation for philosophy. That's where I got my first degree. And then I went to four or five other institutions after that. So do you want me to go through all of them? I don't think so. Nope. Anyways, I started, I, I started there. I mean, I went to Claremont Graduate University and on and on and on the list goes. So anyway, yeah. But I did go to UCI. That's where I got my bachelor's. And again, my background started off in classical history and philosophy. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one thing I will say, PCH, what you're doing uh, now, I've been doing for years, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you deal with the the, the, the law people, the guys that are going to be going into the court system under the legal field and teaching them, what is specifically do you teach these attorneys or, uh, you know, the discipline that, that you're dealing with? Are you dealing with uh, what ethics, jurisprudence, or what what, what, what is it? Well, yeah, thanks, Daryl. Trinity, uh, the California campus, uh, originally – it was before that Simon Greenlee, yeah. and then they had a master's in human rights, in apologetics, and in bioethics. And then they've had the law school. They still have the law school. They don't offer the other graduate programs now. But I've taught classes on epistemology, you know, various forms, uh, relativism, uh, theology, cults, the occult, world religions. That's when we had the the the, the graduate degrees in the other areas. And uh, now I, I teach in the area of here at Trinity of Human Rights, uh, dealing with things like human trafficking, mm-hmm. which in fact is going to be going, uh, Lord willing, in August. I want to talk about that in a moment to back to Nepal and uh, excited about that and that ministry opportunity. But I teach the Western history of law and the development of law. People often think, oh, because Christians are so repressive and all that. And, and I go through and show my students, what do you talk about? The best things in our legal system. Not that it's perfect, but they come from Christianity explicitly. I teach ethics. Uh, so some people laugh at kind of an oxymoron, try to teach lawyers how to be ethical. I teach ethics. <laughs> I teach philosophy of law, because again, I have graduate degrees in philosophy. I went on from UCI to Claremont Graduate University in the area of philosophy as well, besides theology. And so I teach philosophy of law, 
jurisprudence, like views like critical race theory, or about them at least, what's called legal realism, legal positivism, natural law. I try to show them how to deal with different judges, and you've got to understand where a judge is coming from. And again, so then I take a class to Cambodia, except for the last two years because of COVID, dealing with human trafficking, human rights, and and, and then, you know, actual classes on human rights, dealing with human rights, what, what are they, where do they come from, dealing with things like the, what's called the, the, the International Treatise on Human Rights, uh, Declaration of Human Rights 1948, and another what are called Covenants or Protocols, and so on and so forth. So I, I teach a number of things because I have degrees in a number of areas, so I, I, it enables me to teach in various topics. And all I'll say is, Craig, I don't know if you taught anybody that's conducting that hearing on the um, January the 6th, which I won't get into because that may be a little bit too political for this particular broadcast, but uh, it's, it's, uh, and I've been in the courts long enough to, uh, to know as a as an officer of the court myself back in the day that uh, the teachings about the things you just mentioned, man, are so necessary and so prevalent you can almost get a feel of a leaning in a in a, in a, in a whole in a holistic way is not uh what it's not a so-called balance in the way they're teaching even back in the the 80s and the 90s when i was in the courtroom but anyway i'll, I'll leave that um on, on the table for right now but david's question or david's comment about supporting us is appreciated doing more than the government well david and everybody else that's listening when you do support this particular ministry and ministries like this those funds are tax deductible so people the monies that you have especially if you're a believer uh it's god's money even unbeliever is god's money as well you may not know it but all that we have is God's. And I'm just asked that everybody who's listening to us has been supporting us for any length of time. Thank you a thousand times. Thank you. Appreciate it. The Lord knows what you've been doing. Of course, we know we take care of that, of that side of it and we take care of the, uh, the, the necessary things that we have. We don't get a salary for it. I wish that we can uh, get in that particular position one day, but until the, until the Lord provides that way, we'll keep doing the way we're doing it. We've got some faithful men that's been uh, with this ministry for 23 plus years, man, and just doing a fantastic job. I was kind of... Uh, proudly uh, bragging about these guys at, you know, my main job of volunteer work at the golf course. And guys looked at me like, they doing what for what? That, that's, that's ministers? I said, yeah, you ought to see my guys. They, no, no, I, didn't, I didn't give them any kind of special sauce or water or Kool-Aid. They thought you guys were drinking Kool-Aid, Greg and Brian. I said, no, they're not drinking any Kool-Aid. They would, well, they do drink Kool-Aid, but they're not doing it for the ministry. They're doing it because the love of God and a heart desire to do what God called them to do. And thank God for you guys that are listening and those that would hear about this broadcast that you have faithful men doing what we've been doing for all this time so brian is going to let you know that even when you do give i'm gonna let you know that when you do give it is tax deductible someone corrected me from the uh i think it was 30 percent or 40 percent i said they said it's up to 60 percent where you can give uh, away your salary and still be okay with the government but brian let the people know how they can participate in giving real simple Daryl. let's go to the website mention it a That's few it. times go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link that says support and donate and go from there. You can also mail in your donation uh, to uh, uh, LBTW, Living by the Word, P.O. Box 90477, P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. Now, a couple of things that are taking place. Uh, the professor, uh, is, uh, the ministry uh, is going out to uh, Nepal in August. 
Okay. And so if you want to help support uh, that missionary trip, uh, you can uh, make your donation out still to Living by the Word, but uh, just put a, a distinction on there in the notes that you want uh, X amount of dollars to go towards uh, the trip to Nepal. And Brian, if I could, and I've been seeing that people have been doing that, we really, really, really appreciate that. That's so helpful for when we can you know, get the money to the right place you wanted to go to. Yeah, it'll say like, hey, 50% to the radio, 50% to the professor, or you know, 60, 40, 70, 30, 80, 20, uh, all to one or all to the other. However, the Lord leads you to do it. Uh, we are so appreciative, like Daryl just said. And um, we thank you. Uh, we thank you definitely for your prayers. We thank you for your donations. And we ask that you continue to do so. So that's it, Daryl. Really appreciate that. And guys, uh, like Brian said, um, we can't thank you enough. PCH, why don't you take a few moments, if you don't mind, to let the people know about the trip. And you mentioned a little something about it, but let's do this time now once out on our lips to tell the people how Brian mentioned a missionary journey. And that's a excellent word, but it's, it's just even more than that. So please uh, let the people know about the PCH. Well, th- thanks, Gerald. Yeah, it's not like they're paying our salary or something yeah, like yeah, that. It, 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 the, the, it's the airfare, the lodging, and the renting the van to, to, to drive us around and all that. And I'm just really excited that, that some of the folks are going uh, this trip. We're, we're going to meet with Pastor Krisha Bandari, who I helped, we helped train years ago in our first training of trainer session in India. Again, through TOT, we, we bring people in, we pay their way, uh, lodging, food, to get training. And Krishna was one of the first, well, was not one of, he was in the first graduating class. Uh, he came from Nepal, others have come from Bhutan, uh, from Myanmar, uh, all over India, but also from other countries. And just an incredible opportunity, and to do some training, take some younger guys with me as well, uh, who I just think have incredible potential and I'm just excited to see what God's going to do in their life. And it's a chance to minister to the Church, also deal with Love Justice International and their uh, radically Christian organization uh, dealing with human trafficking, particularly of little girls uh, going up from out of India into China. In particular, they actually have police powers. They can and do lead raids and, and arrest people uh, who are human trafficking. So it's all related around the gospel and, and mis- ministries, missionaries, and others supporting them, encouraging them. Also, I would just tell you some of the funds we get, we, we, we give to them to support them. It's just mm-hmm. a flat-out donation. So it goes to airfare, goes to food, lodging. Those are the big expenses. Uh, and, of course, we, we live very reasonable. Trust me, we're not staying at the Ritz-Carlton here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, again, in the past, and we've brought back, we bring receipts and all that, and said, look, here's what your money went, show you that we donated it to so-and-so. For example, Pastor Krishna, their fellowship, uh, was destroyed by the building they were meeting in by that earthquake years ago, and uh, so they, of course, had to find another place, and so giving donations to support them and their work and encouraging them, because it's a five-year, by the way, jail penalty if you if they want to prosecute you, and in, in Nepal, 
the Nepalese government is it's a five year mandatory jail sentence for sharing the gospel um, because they're radically Hindu. But uh, we have ways to, to work around that. We're trusting the Lord. Appreciate people's prayers, but just really excited. And and again, I know Brian and Daryl, you both said it, but I want to say again, uh, thank you for those who've yes. already donated. Thank you, thank you, and anybody else does as well. You can know that's where your funds are going. And we again. I get receipts for everything so people know. I, the church I attend, the congregation, uh, they give as well, and, and I always bring back, I reminded them today, I bring receipts. Look, I, I don't want you to trust me. I want you to, <laughs> like or at least to like verify. Yeah. Here's what you gave mm-hmm. me. Here's where the money went. This was donated to this orphanage, to this Christian ministry, to support this, to build that, to do this for evangelism. To me, things have got to be above board, and people need to give a account, and that's what I'm, I'm totally uh, believe and want, try to live in practice. And one more time, thank you so much for those of you who've already donated, and thank you for those of you who are going to. Appreciate that, PC. I was going to ask you about the orphanage. I didn't know if you had mentioned it or not, but you uh, just did, and I appreciate you mentioning that. Folks, what a privilege, what an opportunity to take what oh. the Lord has given you to invest in His kingdom this way. Man, you you can't go there yourself. Uh, probably never, you know, get an opportunity. Most people will never get the majority of people we talk to, we know they're not going to be able to get an opportunity to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian and PCH, and for the privilege that we have and getting over there through the professor, or, or we're praying about Brian and possibility of his situation. And, you know, I, and I travel all over the world to various places, and I'll, you know, be coming back. Uh, the Lord has just been so good to us, man, to give us this privilege and opportunity to work in his kingdom that we're yeah. sharing it with you. And I'm telling you, it's a privilege to be able to participate. Craig, there, final thought? You know, exactly. If I could just say one more thing. I know we're going long on this, but I really believe in this, obviously. This will be you know about my 20th time doing this. And I, I just... I would count, I've had a lot of privileges, but uh, one of them clearly was teaching pastors and missionaries out of Myanmar who were being persecuted, uh, but probably of the two greatest speaking opportunities I've ever had were at two different orphanages and sharing the gospel with these kids uh, through a translator and, and talking about how much God loves them, even though they were rejected by their parents or their parents died, there was a Heavenly Father who loves them. Man and will never reject them. And they're very into tribalism. They're really into to what tribe they're in, and some are seen as superior part of the caste system. It's mm-hmm. not just the individual caste, but relative to the tribe, and telling them, look, all that matters is you belong to God's tribe, and God wants you in His family. So if you think you're in a superior tribe, you have to know God's no respecter of persons. Explain what that means, of course. But also that if you're from the lowest tribe, you need to know God loves you. And, and Daryl, people can and do go with us, even though they don't literally go with us, because they make it possible. I think it's like Doctors Without Borders or Compassion International, where they people give donations and they support the work of the doctors who go and do surgeries. And, and, and as important as all that is, and that's phenomenal, but here people can and do go with us. You go with us through your prayers. We need your prayers. We've had a lot of harassment from the governments in the past, and sometimes I can't take pictures. I'd like to send back yeah, those pictures, yeah. but we risk people getting arrested and in trouble. That's literally happened. We've had the government come after some of my partners because they posted stuff on Facebook. They're literally looking for that, and we had to take it down and realize, whoops, that's a no-no. Yeah. But, but 
people can come along with us through your prayers and their financial giving. They are part of this. They make this happen. Yeah, I get to go, uh, but people can go with us figuratively through their financial support. And if you can't do that, look, I get it. Your prayers, you pray for us and pray specifically. God gives us an open door. We can do it without harassment, without illness. Uh, we can accomplish what God has and encourage Pastor Krishna and the others that we will meet with and, and what we do. It's just, yeah, I get, I'm really excited. This is my first time uh, since the death of my one son mm-hmm. and since the COVID that I've been out of the country. It's been over, um, pushing almost three years, a little over two and a half. And so I'm excited to get back out there. You, you don't sound like it, but I mean, I guess, uh, you know, you're kind of cool like that. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number. Listen, Dave, Rick, Eric, we're gonna get to your call in a moment. We're gonna take Joy's call in a second. Brian, you leaning over like you want to say no, something? No, he, he got that look on his face, Craig. You know, I got. I almost wanted to ignore no, him. But I no, can't. no, 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 <laughs> no. It, it was it was interesting. You know what Craig was saying about you know something was put up on Facebook. I mean, like out here in the man, United States, man. you you put something on Facebook, they're taking it down now yeah, yeah. and and blocking you. I mean, they're not arresting you and putting you in jail, not yet. Not yet. But you know, you you, you say something about you know whatever, yeah. and it's opposed to what the media is saying and things like that. Facebook is going to take you down. And I'm going to tell you something. And we have about four minutes left to the top of our break, folks. And whatever Satan does, and the Lord allows Satan to do things in, in the area of so-called. It's almost like God already knows. And he allows this stuff to go on, but he's given us a privilege, and I'm going to say it, a privilege and opportunity to participate in his kingdom. And he didn't give you this stuff anyway. That's what I'm saying. That's what fathers do. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, daddies give the children money to buy the mama and the daddy the gift so that they not only can learn how to give, forget feeling good about themselves, they can learn how to give. And that's where it starts. Listen, let's take another phone call before we go to the top of our break. Let's bring our good friend Joy from Coastal Mesa on. Joy, thanks for holding on and calling in. Oh, thank you, thank you. You won't cut me off, so will you, Daryl? Oh, I might, but you better, don't, 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 don't get into too many subjects. Let's get to your question. Joy, Joy, Joy I'm not going to let him, so don't worry about it. Take you, your time. See, you see the power of this mouse, so Joy, don't oh. waste time. Let's get into your question. How you doing, by the way? Hour break. That's why I said it. But anyway, happy Father's Day to each of you, Daryl, Brian, and Professor, and quite a resume, Professor. That's why I call with my questions for you. And I'm so excited for you going to India. I'm just praise the Lord. How long will you be gone? Two weeks? Three weeks? One week? Ten days? Well, just a week and a half this time because I have to do it late in the season to get back for the next semester. But actually, it's Nepal this time. Uh, it looks like India will be back in India in October. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when are you leaving exactly? Just I'll put it on my calendar. When are August, you leaving exactly? August 12th. Okay. Okay. All right, Joy, thank you very much for your question, Joy. I really appreciate you calling in. Oh, that wasn't your only question? <laughs> All right, Joy, let's get into your question, though. Okay. And, Daryl, uh, Brian, if you get this on, because it's my nephew in New York. It's a question for him. I mean, I was... Um, I was raised in a Greek Orthodox, father Greek Orthodox, mother German, and if you're married to a Greek, you'll be Greek Orthodox. So anyway, um, uh, so my nephew is Greek Orthodox, because when after he prayed and asked Jesus into his heart years ago, my brother, his father, put the foot down when he was going to go to some church I told him to go to, and you know, and said that his aunt had manipulated him and brainwashed him. So last night we were talking, and I thought that I, I thought he understood these things, but he was talking about how 
baptism. He, he wasn't. He didn't think anybody, because it was encouraging him to tell his Catholic um, Korean wife to make sure, Nico, that um, she really, who is she trusting in to uh, to get her into heaven? What is she trusting in, the Catholic Church? Or and he just kind of said, well, no, she's she's a Christian, and she believes in this and that. And anyway, and then it went on to, um, he believes that uh, we're, baptism saves you. And no matter what I said and everything, and then he says, well, what about if he taught Sunday school and the children, and they're going to go to hell? Because cause I explained it. It's a personal, you have to ask Jesus to come in your heart personally. And so anyway, Professor, I gave him a lot of verses this morning, sent to him. What would you say? PCH, you got, you got 90 seconds, PCH. Yeah. Sure, and there's some really good stuff. Actually, a great treatment on Eastern Orthodoxy and the various branches of Orthodoxy, and Elwell's Evangelical Dictionary of Theology. Elwell's Evangelical Dictionary of Theology. But they don't believe in seven sacraments like the Roman Catholics, but they do believe in sacraments and a form of enabling grace, and that's infant baptism. So they're about not, not ordinances, they would call them sacraments. Uh, and there is a, a different understanding there, and so that's part of their system. And you just have to understand that a lot of them, now I can't say all, but a lot of them, they don't really think about a personal relationship with Jesus so much. I mean, they wouldn't necessarily deny that, but it's all about the sacerdotalism. It's about the system. It's about having, you know, a priest and so on and so forth. Now, some are fairly sound. I mean, I was just visiting with friends, missionaries from Greece, uh, Stephanos and, and, uh, and his wife, and, and they deal quite a bit with the Greek Orthodox. Now, sometimes it's completely hostile to, to evangelicals, and sometimes they, they're very compatible. But yeah, you have to deal with a, a foreign mindset, if I could use that. From a Protestant perspective, they don't think like we do at all. And I'm, I'm not agreeing with them, uh, but there is a number of sources, but really one of them is just Elwell's Evangelical Dictionary of Theology uh, on Eastern Orthodoxy. Also, uh, Jill Martin Rishi, the oldest daughter of Walter Martin, on their website, waltermartin.org, they have about a three or four page summary of Eastern Orthodoxy, and I think they did a great job. Waltermartin.org or .com, Jill Martin Rishi, look at their uh, outline overview of Eastern Orthodoxy versus uh, Protestantism, and I think they did a great job. Okay, I look, that, real, Joy, real quickly, we have that music now, real quickly now. He, he believes in a relationship, because I've stressed that so much, and he thinks he has a relationship, but he thinks that he's going to, uh, he doesn't think that we can have the assurance, that's how it started, the assurance of knowing that you're really... Well, yeah, it's, almost a, it's basically almost a works righteous system. Yeah. Right. They really have trouble by right. salvation, by grace alone, through faith alone. They do, most of them will not accept that. So you have to know, know that going in. That's why I'm just summarizing, mentioning Elwell's article and uh, WalterMartin.org article, because most of them have real trouble with uh, our, our view, which I would argue is the biblical view of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, and we're on gonna, the account of Christ alone. And we're going to talk about that on the other side of break. Joy, thank you very much for your phone call. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break right now, a hard break, and be back after these messages. 